Hi, I'm Brandy J, and welcome to my podcast, Voices of Courage. I hope that you enjoy this content and really take something from it. I want every episode to be an experience, one where you felt like after you were done, you left with a party bag, something of value. So just know, Voices of Courage is a place for people to share their voices and for people to hear those voices. So, let's go ahead and enjoy my podcast, Voices of Courage. Thank you for your support. Hey, everyone. Thank you and... Here we are again, Voices of Courage, your host, Brandy J. And I have with me today an amazing guest. His name is Harry Turner, and he is a mental alchemist. And we're going to have a great, great time today in this episode. Harry, how are you doing? I am perfectly splendid today, sister. So excited to have you here. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for uh, having me. It's good to be had. <laughs> yes. Harry, can you um, tell us what and who is the mental alchemist? <laughs> mental alchemy is basically using understanding that your story is no more than a tool, a tool meant for you to experience and learn who you are. And when we, co- when we um, come into beingness, We've come here to learn who we are. That's the that's why this who am I is always seared into every human's mind. And we learn who we are, not only by things that we know represent who we are when we experience it, but also based off of experiences in spaces that represent who we are not. Because in isness or this physical world, nothing exists without its opposite. And so we learn on both ends, not only based off of who we are, but also based off of who we are not, but the who we are not space because it confuses us because we made choices and we behaved and we, you know, did certain things or allowed certain things or whatever. The mind calls that as shame because that area is a space of confusion. Our shame repulses us. It's repulsive for everybody. We all, uh, our skin crawl, every last person, when they look at their shame, their skin crawls, period. It's the same human response. But a mental alchemist is about understanding that their story is only there to assist you in transmuting, transforming, and transcending through your story. And so it's about your coming out process. It's about that caterpillar becoming a butterfly. See, if that caterpillar didn't have that cocoon and had to develop the strength, you know, to break from that cocoon, it would never fly. You see, the process is more important than the destination or the outcome. And so it's that development of strength that's needed. So the cocoon is actually necessary as a catalyst, resistance, healthy resistance for that caterpillar to develop the strength to be able to fly and exist and live. This is our, this is our, our pain, our trauma, our experiences. That's our cocoons, but it's on us to break out of it. And so a mental alchemist is that person that assists the person in detaching themselves and and remove this merger of their self-work to their story and help them to understand that you are much more than that. You're an energetic being. You purpose for a purpose with a purpose. The mental alchemist assists that person 
and guiding them towards their purpose. So that's that's pretty much what the mental alchemist is. Wow, wow, that was deep. So what you're saying is, you know, even though like when when we we as humans are in the midst of the pain, the storm, you know, things because every day we're, some, we're always dealing with some going through. I guess we're in a cocoon, you know, because we continuous growth. But that right there, that those hard times are necessary. Yes, I mean, just as it's necessary for a lump of coal to undergo millions of tons of pressure before it's turned into a diamond. You see, we were all meant to shine. If you, you know, you can look it up in any scientific, any legitimate scientific uh, journal, and you'll see that our skeletal structure consists of the same things as stars. Stardust is in our skeletal structure. You can't tell born to shine, but we forget that. We forget that. We surrender our light because we get lost in our story or those spaces in our timeline that we don't understand or wish to discard or say didn't happen. That was some error or defective point. No, that was just a moment for you to understand that that is not you. And the sweet ain't sweet without the bitter. Nothing exists without its opposite. Yin and yang. We all have those versions in our lives. Mm. This is something everybody needs to hear. So, hey, would you say what, what you what you just said right now? Like, um, I'm going to give you like a, an example, right? Because I, I think about stuff like this all the time, and, and it helps me to be more understanding and empathetic to all situations, no matter how harsh it is, even one that someone may even say it's hateful. I'm going to use an example. Say someone that was raised to carry hate in their heart. You know, they didn't really have much control over that, but the setup is how the setup is, right? Could you say that that person this could apply to someone like that too, because maybe that's how it was set up for them to have to endure that, but accept their cocoon, but at some point break out of it, break out of that hate, um, become a stronger person. Could you say that would apply there too? So, so wait, ask the question like concisely, like put it, put if, it. Yeah. Ask, ask the question that. for me so I could filter it through. Okay. Say for instance, there's someone that carries, um, hate, you know, pretty much, you know, the big old R word, racism, you know, because I try to understand everybody and understand that there's a reason for everything. And would that be someone, a hateful person, would that, be, would that, would that hate that they carry in their living, would that be a cocoon for them too? Oh, most certainly. Okay. Yes. That's, yeah, because the hate, the hate is, is fear, you mm-hmm. know, and, and we all have to our version of fear, you know, false evidence appearing real. The hate, mm. the hate that we that we give off is really uh, us projecting our own self hatred onto the other. It's us not being able to face ourselves. Most people can't stand to look in the mirror, other than superficially to make sure that you know eyes clean and stuff like that, nose clean, but to truly stand there and look and appreciate the amazing energetic being that you are. Most people can't do that without becoming nauseous. That's a problem. When we carry that level of self-hatred, if I hate me, of course I ain't got a choice but to hate you because whatever I fill myself up with, I have to give to you. That's why when we ask for a cup of sugar, we first call somebody up and say, hey, do you have a cup of sugar I can borrow? Because if you don't have sugar, then of course I can't borrow it. You can't extend it to me. 
when it comes down to self-hate and self-love. I can't give you what I don't have. That's some good stuff. That's what I always tell people. I'm like, you can't, when someone carries hate, so why do you think they look so angry, so mad, like all the time? I was like, I don't think anyone that hates can really give you anything but hate. So they don't have any love because I don't think they can just like be together, you know, like I can't, you can't be hateful and then produce, you know, love to people, you know, it just doesn't even make sense to me. So I tell people, you know, because I'm an advocate for bullying and I'm like, if somebody hates you, they don't hate you. They don't even know you, you know, they hate themselves because some people take that self, that hatred and, t- and actually take it and wear it like you know what I mean like they actually take it and actually believe it when someone distributes it to them they take it and I'm like think about it they don't even know you you know so don't take on that hate that's their self-hate you know but and it's it's a contagious energy as energetic beings that's why you have to be mindful that you surround yourself with and we have to identify ourselves as such because uh, many of us have not come to terms with the fact that we are energetic beings having a human experience. Mm-hmm. Um, we go about trying to manipulate the external environment instead of regulating the internal environment. And so when you start to regulate the internal environment, you become more keen or you take special care to be in uh, surroundings that are affirming or frequencies that do not create chaos or that are not uh opposite or different from yours you know significantly different person doesn't have to believe everything that you believe but the frequency have to be has to be somewhere on the same page unless it creates static you know and so yes that that hate if we stare at another person's hate for long enough quite naturally we begin to absorb that energy because whatever we stare at wherever those energy flows and so whatever we stare at becomes real for us because everything is energy. And so the longer you stare at a thing, the longer you perceive a thing, eventually that becomes your reality. Ergo, perception is reality. We don't see things as they are, but as we are. Oh, my goodness. Hey, first, I'm going to start by saying I know by far this was not a coincidence that we are on this, <laughs> you know, on this show <laughs> together because I feel like I'm talking to... Like I just jumped out of my body and there's like another me somewhere because I was just, this is exactly who I am. <laughs> you know, I tell people, I'm like, I, to me, it makes sense. But then I, I understand that everybody's not connected that way that, and it doesn't. But I'm, to me, I'm like, we're energy. Mm. You know, therefore, it makes sense. Like, you know, uh, when you people say, oh, can you feel the energy? I don't think all the time people really know what that is. Because if we're energy, that means that we can, you, you know, that negativity and positivity pulls from us. So when we put out there, that's what it what it what it will be, right? Mm-hmm. And when you put that energy. Yes, wherever attention goes, again, wherever attention goes, energy flows and everything. E equals MC squared. Everything is energy. Now there's uh you know that that's Newtonian physics, but I don't want to go too deep into that. But understanding that you're an energetic being, yeah, people use these words and I just uh, did a post um, just last night um, on my Instagram page where I said, you know, people they know of, but they don't know. They know of, but they don't know. You see, if somebody came to me and, and, and told me about this other person who, who I may have seen around, but never really met. And then another person later on down the road came to me and said, Hey, do you know this person over here? 
that the first person told me about, sometimes I would have to say to that person, if I'm being honest, I know of them, but I don't know them. You see, you don't know me unless you know me, and you don't know unless you know. Too many of us have been tricked by the mind when it slips into the role of the great deceiver into believing that we actually know a thing when all we do is know of. For example, forgiveness. When people come to me and say, how do I forgive? I say, well, do you know what that is? And of course, they say, yes, I, I know what that is. And of course, at this point, because I understand people, I understand the human mind. I said, no, you don't. You think that you know, just like everybody else think that they know what forgiveness is. Right. But when you look it up, you understand that forgiveness is to relinquish your desire to see the person that has caused you harm punished. If you've don't, if you're not familiar with that energy right there, if you're not plugged into that frequency, then you don't know forgiveness. You know of it, but you don't know it. Yep. Oh man, this is some real stuff right here. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's very that's strong. Strong what you said. You know the human mind. You know because we're programmed. You know, and I feel like nobody, I think the ego gets in the way and nobody wants to admit like everybody wants to know something because to not know, then you like you want to be part of the cool club. And I feel like ego destroys that because if you, you hold, I see that people hold on to the ego because they just want to act like they know something. And I'm like, you have to be willing to allow yourself to tell yourself that you know that you've been programmed. You know that you have to be retaught and that you don't know certain things. And I think that's where, you know, a lot of times, especially with me, the disconnect comes you know because i get it i i know that we were lied to i know that we were i know how it, we were programmed because to me it makes sense because well how do we know what we know you know because we were told these things passed down from generation to generation to generation and i think when you accept that then you can your mind opens up to like now you're you're willing everything's down you're willing to accept and learn things instead of saying like that's not true no no i don't believe that i don't believe that <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like that's where i find it just for me and with other people and i'm gonna ask you this question real quick do you find it since you know this, what, since you know this way of, of the human mind, do you find it, uh, a lot of times that you don't connect with a lot of people because of that? Do you have that like? That? Oh, most certainly. Right. Been many okay. times where I question myself if I'm, uh, you know, if if I'm undiagnosed Asperger's or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Like I legit uh, was like, oh God, I don't. I'm, excuse me. I I don't know. Yeah, it does become more difficult to uh, speak. Uh, or to connect because people are uh, something mean, some people some people may not know that there's more there some people may not care that there's more there than others are afraid of going deeper and you know when you're deep sea you know you can only stay up at the surface for so long before you go back down to home you know yeah. and so it's, it's it's a matter of uh where is your awareness you know are you looking at eye level or sky level you know, what vantage point point are you seeing from? You know, are you operating off of 2D or 3D or 4D or 5D? You know, where are you? Right. Right, most definitely. It's like some people, they're just like, what are you talking about? You sound crazy. And then. Yeah. It's time I mean, to know you. And, <laughs> and look, this is this is where I say you're right. Perception is reality. So if in your reality you see crazy, that's fine. But I also know that wherever attention goes, energy flows. And I don't want to put any energy to any false reality, any false evidence appearing real for me, because I know that all you're doing is speaking fear. And so I'm going to turn my awareness somewhere else. It's okay for you to believe and live in that illusion. I know 
to believe anything differently about me. Whatever you, I am whatever you say I am. But in truth, I know that I am whatever I choose to be. Right, right. And are you familiar with the statement? I guess this would be very um, prevalent. Uh, create your own reality. I, I hear that a lot. I connect with it, but I know a lot of people don't. Do you connect with that? Most certainly. Um, but I believe it's a dance. You know, if I can expound on that. Yes. I believe it's a dance. And so it's more of a co-creation where we do the dance with life. Life is conspiring in our favor, but we must meet life halfway. And so we have to do our part, you know, and also go with the flow. Understand that, yes, we know, but we don't know everything. In the words of Socrates, the only thing that I know, all that I know is that I know nothing. And so, yeah, you know, but there are layers to knowing this, just like there's layers to the earth's earth's crust. So know what you know, but know that they know and ignorance and freedom cannot coexist. So know more than what you know. You know, that's 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 the key. You'll never know everything because when you do, you'll be gone. You'll transition. You'll be at another another phase, another plane. But here. All you have is time to get to know you. Learn you and then operate from that space of truth. That's what I call being lit. Live in truth. That's when you become authentic my personal mission statement is to assist others in developing the audacity to live unapologetically authentic for that reason, because authenticity is connected to your values. If we connect to our values, nobody has the value of hate. No one has the value of criticism. No one has the value of self-hatred, of vitriol, of, of backstabbing, of being dishonest. No one has those as values. There's a lot of us who aren't operating authentically. And that's, I say these things not to shame us. We're human beings. We're perfect imperfection. And so we are going to stumble. That's part of the process. The stumbling, the failures are only the painful sides of success. And even when we stumble, we still stumble forward. But you got to understand in that stumbling why that pain is there. That pain is there to make you aware of something. My favorite author, Khalil Gibran, he says, pain is the breaking of the shell that encloses the understanding. Your understanding is the bitter potion by which the doctor within heals your sick self. So drink the potion in peace and tranquility. Ignorance or you not knowing who you are in your liberation cannot coexist. Ignorance and freedom cannot coexist. You choose one or the other. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. I have to remember that I'm the interviewer. I don't like calling the interview, but yeah, it's it's just like some good stuff. I'm like really taken in by this because I've never had conversations. I never found anyone to have these like actual conversations with because I didn't think I knew they someone existed. I just didn't know where. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I knew they existed. I knew I was I was okay. I was like, this is real because I I, I know it all my beings because I feel that I'm connected, you know, beyond this world worldliness that they created. This to me, this is not real. This is not, you know, this was created you know, and we have accepted it because we don't know anything else. This is just like, a to me, this isn't my reality. I'm just here and I've learned how to adapt, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and I'm beyond more than this. Then what, because this is all we were. This would just be basic to me. This would be like, what's this for? If we just got up every day, went to work, had this, this cycle, this repetitive, um, like I call it insanity. It's like a wheel and like people are asleep to me. 
because mm-hmm. this is pay bills. You're born into this world to pay bills, do this, do that, to be stressed out. Like work is literally, literally killing people. I have a cousin that is basically health. He's not that older than me, deteriorated just because working to, wanting to work to take care of his family. You know, people are so stuck in this school education, which is indoctrination. And it's never about, I was a teacher for nine and a half years. And it wasn't about happiness or following your dreams or just like, well, you're going to go to school today because you got to get that job so you can get that. And I'm like, yo, this is not, we're more than this. Our purpose is so much higher than that, you know? To spend your entire life earning a living, it's not a living, that's a dying. If you look up Bonnie Ware's uh, Regrets Before Dying, she's an Austrian, uh, she was an Austrian, Austrian hospice nurse. And she, her patients, of course, they all died. Um, and over time, over decades, she noticed that on their dying bed, they continued to say the same things over and over. Individuals who never met, really different energetic beings, and yet we all, they had the same, mainly the same regrets. One of those is, I wish I had allowed myself to be happier. I wish mm-hmm. I didn't work so hard i wish i had spent more time with family and friends i wish i had faced my fears and chose to do the courageous thing that i really wanted to do these things humans leaving this planet leaving this plane on their dying bed you ain't realer you ain't you ain't never gonna be realer than when you're about to die and you know it and on their dying on their dying bed with the last few breaths that they have you know, the last few days, hours, this this is what they leave us with. These are lessons from the dying. So I encourage everyone who's, who listens to this, look at Bonnie Ware. I mean, the truth is there. The truth is right there in our face. You know, mm-hmm. how many would choose to see? Oh, not too many, it seems like. Because the more even, I mean, I feel like today, the more and more things become Real, like clear, like you can darn or just slap somebody in the face with it. It's still like deny, deny, deny. And then I start to, because I always want to be understanding too of the, that very person of anybody. I don't want to ever, you know, give the same energy. You know, I have to understand that somebody's just not where I'm at. But then it asks, then I ask, well, what could it be? Could it be because true ignorance? Is it because you're scared? Or is this the role that you play? And that's just a part of the this life you know but I just I sometimes I don't get it but I have to understand myself too like well Brandy you know it is what it is can't, that's, can't judge it. that's that's what it is you always bring it back to self and you know this person is who they are and I had whatever interaction with them why what truth is there for me in this interaction as far as their confusion and whatever level they own, I mean, this is their journey. And to be honest, uh, we we have far too many things on our journey, including big stumbling blocks on our journey and yards to mow that we really don't have the the luxury of of trying to figure out anybody else's journey. So in that space, once we identify, you know, that the frequencies don't match. And so there's static there, you know, there's a, a hindrance to connection. And eventually that leads to disconnection. We look back at that and remember that the past is for reference, not re- re- uh, not residence. And so we refer back to the past, but we don't reside there. But we get our truth and then we move forward because that's the only reason why you even had that collision to begin with. 
so that you can discover your truth and then move from your story, the transmutation part, and then the tran, uh, transformation part through that uh, collision and then transcendence through the story, realizing that you are not your story. Love it. I love it. I love it. Harry, I also love um, how you you have um, the the red pill and the blue pill. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, this is my guy right here. (laughs) You know, and then, you know, I was reading what you had and I was just like, I was like, okay, I get it even more, you know, because everybody refers like to the matrix and all that stuff. But can you break it down for the listeners? What what the meaning of the red pill and, and the blue pill is. Uh, and honestly, the colors are irrelevant. You know, I, I believe I went along with the matrix um, for that handout and, and, and said the red pill was, was you choosing your truth. Uh, or the uh, I, I don't recall right now, I don't have it in front of me. But really, the red or blue pill is really representation of the choice. Of course, I mimic the matrix because too many of us are lost in the Maya or the illusion or the matrix, you know, where we think that the external environment is truly what's real when it's really our internal environment. We don't see things as they are, but as we are. So when you choose truth over your fears, when you choose to know over choosing not to know, that's when you choose to embark on your true journey. You know, and so choosing, it's a matter of choosing your truth. Do you choose to know your truth? Do you choose to look at your pain? Do you choose to understand or or whatever you need to do with your shame, but to grow through your shame ultimately is is what's being called of you. You know, are you willing to have the courage? Because you can be afraid. Courage doesn't mean that you don't have courage is the intentional choice to move forward in spite of being afraid. That's what courage is. And so do you have, do you have the courage? Are you willing to choose to move forward in spite of being afraid, you know? And so that's what uh, taking the truth pill is really what I want to, because I don't want to confuse people. Taking the truth pill or not is really the option. Yeah. I think you had here the transmute or transform. Yes. 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 That's what it is. You move into the alchemical process and then you begin to understand your life because I want to keep it as, you know, as digestible as possible. You understand your life, not through the lens of eye level, because in eye level, you there's too many uh, blocks. There's too many barriers on eye level. You move to sky level and to break it down even. You can look at a picture that I have, or you can look at a row of pictures that I've taken of myself over time. And then you can develop a narrative based off of that row. You see, the sky level is the panoramic view. It's about choosing to know the truth so that your awareness expands. And through expanding your awareness, you see things and understand things that you didn't know or understand or see before especially, and and most importantly, yourself. And then you operate in that truth. And when you operate in that truth, there's a certain power that you are uh, granted by choosing to operate in that truth. 
And that power has you speak in ways that you've never spoke before, walk in ways that you've never walked before, operate in ways that you've never operated before. That's it. It's not that you don't that you don't have what it takes or you don't have whatever else. Confidence, confidence will never, the lack of confidence will never stop you from doing a thing because you have, you're an aut- autonomous individual. You have free will. You can still have a lack of confidence and do a thing. And indeed, most things that you begin, you will have a lack of confidence, but still choose to do it anyway. You have to take a childlike mentality to life when it comes to that. Know that you don't know but that's it. That's the point. Everything that you do is a practice and whatever you practice, you become, it's about the process. So it's not about what you don't know. It's about you choosing what it is that you do know or to know. And it's you choosing you. That's it. Anything we're doing is we're doing poorly. So yes, you may feel a little awkward doing it at first, just like if you've never exercised, you may feel a little awkward jumping on that bike or whatever, but you know why you're doing it. And you've seen your goals in mind, but you know what, despite those goals and whenever you get to whatever destination you look, you're trying to get to by exercising, it ain't about that destination. It's really about the process. The transformation happened in the process. And you know that when you exercise, but do you take that same approach to you being an energetic being throughout life? Are you choosing to see not what the image of what other people have given you based off of their fears, because it's the cycle of human beings to first love, even parents. This is why no child leaves childhood unscathed. But it's the cycle of human beings and the madness of the mind to first love and then move into the sympathetic fight or flight state of trying to protect that which we love by projecting fear onto that which we love, which is not love at all. It's a pseudo love. You cannot attach fear to love. And so we've inherited a lot of thoughts, beliefs and behaviors based off of fear. Mm-hmm. Taking the truth pill is about shedding off based off of fear and moving back to what is truly inherent to you, the true you. You are the question and the answer. You are the lock and the key. Your truth has been with you the entire time. A teacher can't give you their knowledge. I can't give you my wings. My wings can't make you fly. But what a teacher does do is awaken that which is already half asleep in the dawning of your being. That's what a true teacher does. That's what the alchemical process is about. That's what a mental alchemist, being with a mental alchemist, assisting you in guiding guiding through life and developing a plan of approach to life based off of you being a specific energy type. That's what that's about. Oh, goodness. This is so uh, amazing. (laughs) So I feel like everything just, is just registering with me. Um, I'm just very blessed and grateful to speak to you today because I knew I wasn't crazy, but it just all lined. It all made sense. Uh, I want to ask you this question, too. You know, and growing up, because um, some people, you know, we feel out of place. Or like everybody feels different, like they're not normal. Or, you know, it's in, like you said, we'll take on the fears and the thoughts about other people. Right. But would you say that everybody has something that's about them that is special and that you can adapt? You did you did you know when you were younger, like a child, that you were different or that this would, would get through and led up to this this time in your life? The information, you know, now, because you say that you seem you, you could tell the difference uh, um, you being different. Yeah. When you're growing up, the way you well, thought, your thinking and all that stuff. 
definitely knew that. Um, and I was born with a certain level of awareness. I, I understand and accept now. And so that's, you know, when I look back on my life, I understand the puzzled look that I would get from peers, even as children, you know, um, even as a child, you know, trying to speak about these, uh, these, these themes and these ideas and these spontaneous inspirations that life uh, kept on giving me. And I'm delivering it to kids, uh, my peers, these other kids, just like any kid would. And they're looking at me like, yo, we just asked you if you want to play it. And you over here quoting Shakespeare. What's mm-hmm. going on, B? You know? Um, and so, yeah, it was evident to me that something was different, you know? Um, and then when I would speak and uh, um, adults would either look at me frozen in a state of shock or um, having fear of what it is that I'm saying because they can't believe that a child is speaking, uh, you know, in this manner. Yeah, there were many, many uh, experiences, uh, turbulent and painful experiences that made it abundantly peer, uh, clear that I was different. But back then when I did not know and did not understand uh, the mind, the great deceiver of the mind, it did what it did best, which is protect me by telling me I was the defective thing. You see, when the mind cannot find a reason for your pain, it blames you. And so that's when guilt, if you have any guilt behind something, that's when it turns into shame. Guilt says I've done something wrong. Shame says I am wrong. And so, yes, something must be wrong about something must be wrong with me. If everybody responded to me like this, I mean, I'm a little alien creature trying to learn this planet, you know, understand the ways of this this planet. I thought I had it down. Why? Why am I so different? Why are people responding to me so different to, to me so differently? But no, I didn't know I'd be here. You know, um, I didn't know I'd be speaking. I was pretty much a mute. You know, I was pretty shy, had even the physical symptoms of shyness. Um, and I thought all I needed to do was go to college bunch of PhDs and that'd be fine. But then I read somewhere that um, somewhere along the way that a person who has uh, a PhD and uh, versus a person who dropped out of high school, um, if that person who dropped out of high school knows how to communicate effectively with people, but the person with the PhD does not, the person that dropped out of high school will make millions more than a person that has the PhD but does not know how to communicate. And so then that that thrust me into intentionally speaking to strangers and whatnot in like grocery stores or wherever I was walking at. So I developed the courage and the skill of talking to people. And then I didn't know, but I was led to the School of Social Work and then eventually got my master's degree and and then became a therapist, even though I never thought I was going to be a therapist. You know, and now I'm doing podcasts because the podcast began during 2020. Uh, I, we, me and my partner was trying to figure out how we could still deliver food to our people, even though our doors was closed because we never did this whole telehealth thing or whatever. We began to uh, do free wellness calls, uh, weekly wellness calls, and people would show up. But then after a month or so, people started to go back to work and they said, can you record them? So we began to record them and we had so many recorded. We was like, yo, we might as well just turn this to a podcast. And that's what we did. And then, um, then because of the stressors that I was experiencing, I later created Is That So?, as a way just for me to really get all my energy out, you know? So sometimes you may feel, you may hear a little bit more righteous indignation in my voice than others. Um, but it was really a turbulent time for me emotionally um, during the last years of the Trump uh, administration. 
See, um, I, the only way I can describe it is uh, to bring up James Baldwin. He said to be a Negro and to be in America is to be enraged almost all of the time. To be conscious, excuse me, to be conscious and to be a Negro in America is to be enraged almost all of the time. There is a cause for knowing and that you see. And when you, oftentimes what you see can break your heart. And you have to understand that about knowing it does not come at a, it does come at a cost or a responsibility rather, you know? And so that's when I created the second podcast. So yeah, I did not know I was going to be here, you know, to sum it all up. I did have no idea I'd be speaking to you, had no idea I'd be speaking. I didn't know anybody would be hearing my voice other than, you know, a few clients that I dealt with, you know, that I had. So I'm grateful for the journey. And what I realize now is that it doesn't really matter how I got here. What matters the most is that I'm here. Yeah, that's very true. <clears throat> yeah, you said something that really hit home that the there's a price with, you know, knowing you kind of wish you sometimes you, I wouldn't say wish, but you just kind of sometimes can appreciate the other people's ignorance sometimes because it can become overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Can't can't turn it off, can't turn away. And if you feel you should feel a weight like a responsibility and it, it can take a toll on you. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the knowing definitely can. You know, the 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 being conscious part, you know, it's but again, you, you have to understand how you navigate and we, we can't all operate the same way. You know, well, some people can be around anybody and do, you know, just be around anybody. I'm a highly energetic being and I allow people's energy to flow through me. And so for me, I have to be um, very strategic about what energies I surround myself with because life is checkers, not chess, you know? So I got to play it accordingly, you know? Very much so. Oh, I mean, like, that's it, chess, not checkers, right? You, you, yeah, you said life is checkers, not chess, right? Um, excuse me, life is chess, not checkers. Let me, let I was me, sitting here thinking here. I was yeah. like, what? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Life is chess, not checkers, you know? So I got to play it accordingly, yeah. I'm sorry. I, like my brain was like, did you say that? in my brain? Like I knew what I was <laughs> feeling, but yeah, the words didn't come out correctly, but yeah, life is chess y'all, you know, checkers is a very simple one move game, you know, uh, but chess is a game of strategy and you have to be thinking about your moves. You have to be thinking about your opponent's moves. You got to be thinking about moves ahead of your moves mm-hmm. as many, as many, as many moves ahead as you can think of, you know, and that's not to create anxiety. But that just to know that you need to respect the natural order of life because there is an order to life. Yes, there is. Oh, man, here we go. I could talk about this all day, all day. Uh, I feel like there's so much we can still cover. But I just um, <clears throat> I wanted to say to that before because I wanted everybody to make sure they, you know, are able to get the information and, and follow you and uh, be able to reach out, whatever is needed. I know there will be many, many people. Uh, when you when you just said you know life is you know chess because that's how I see it too and it's about you know strategizing keeping a step ahead. When people usually ask me, you know how you call somebody or you're talking to somebody like, so what you doing? How you doing? 
And I'm just like, no, you know, I'm just trying to figure this, 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 this stuff out, this, this life, you know, just trying to stay ahead of the game. That's like, that's my actual, like, you know, response to when people ask me, just trying to figure it out, you know? Because in my head, I'm literally, like, if I have my, my a hand on my chin, like, if I'm looking at a chessboard, you know, and that's me on a daily basis. And like you said, you weren't trying to create anxiety or anything like that for anybody, but for somebody else, that might be like, hey, that's all you do. I'm like, well, what else is there to do? <laughs> you know, mm. and I had anxiety for years, mm. years, years, like horrible anxiety. And I used to take medication. Long story short, which I'm going to talk about later, is I don't take it anymore because I was able to, which they don't do for you, you know, because it's about the medication. I was able to figure out my anxiety wasn't something that was, um, it was more of my perception. And I just had to figure it out versus what they were trying to help me do was to keep coming back for that medication, which I relied on and I couldn't get it anymore because of insurance. And so I had no choice to, to go just go through this journey and figure it out. If I'm still breathing today, that means I must not need it that bad. So let me figure this thing out. And um, to this day, I can say I don't have anxiety. And I'm just like, that's something. <laughs> I tell you, anxiety is the bodily experience of fear. But also, I have a diagnosis of PTSD. And um, you know, uh, I, I take that, but PTSD, for those of y'all who suffer, but many of us suffer tra- uh, trauma and uh, many of us have undiagnosed PTSD, but for those of y'all who sub- may suffer from that, understand that PTSD cannot uh, remain in a, or, or act up, manifest in a relaxed body state. So despite whatever uh, um, anxieties you may have, when you practice regulating your internal environment, regardless of whatever diagnosis somebody gave you or whatever you think you may suffer from, when you're in a relaxed body state, you move to the parasympathetic state, you move to the social gathering phase where you can heal and embrace life. And in that state of being present, you don't have any worries or PTSD or anxiety or fibromyalgia or whatever else is uh, ailing you. In that space, in that beautiful space of being present, you're just enjoying the gift that you are and the gift that everything is that is that's around you, you know, just being present in that space. So I, I wanted to emphasize that because I didn't want people to gauge their growth based off of whether they have anxiety or not. You know, just understand that fears, things will will scare you like anxiety, the the physical state of anxiety is actually a survival mechanism meant for you to, to train you to react to a threat such as a bear or some animal chasing after you or, or some other human attacking you. Um, but we, many of us, the button has gotten stuck. And yeah. so we remain in that fight or flight state, go to sleep in that fight or flight state, uh, state, go to work in that state and don't realize that that is coloring our experiences and our interactions with other people you're not mad at this other person that you work with for whatever reason you think that you should be mad at them for. You are already in a fight or flight state. So you're already in the state of protection. There are three stories that the ANS gives us the story of protect the story of connection, the story of protection or the story of disconnection, the parasympathetic state where we engage with people. That's a story of connection. But when we don't feel safe and quite natural, our default state because of the hunter and gathering years, we've been longer in this second uh, evolved state of the vagus nerve because it evolved 400 million years ago. That's a fight or flight state. Many of us are in this chronic fight or flight state. And because we're there, we are in the story of protection. 
There's no connection there. And so through the story of, of protection, you're scanning. Your amygdala has the driver's seat. The fear center of your brain has the driver's seat, and it is scanning for threats. And so, yeah, you're going to pay attention to the messy coworker. Yeah, you're going to pay attention to what they have to say about you over there because you're in the story of protection. But when you move up from eye level to sky level, what they got to say over there don't even matter because you don't even see they over there. definitely powerful powerful yeah and i just want to reiterate too um with the anxiety i guess it's more i learned how to control you know like you said you don't have these things this is just something you have to learn how to it's happening to i guess i don't know how i'm saying it right happening to it's something that you know we take those labels and we wear them i used to tell people i got anxiety i saw i'm I'm just gonna be this way you know it's my anxiety Mm -hmm. really saying you know they told me i had it in depression so that's what it is i don't know what's wrong with me i just have it and so somebody actually really made, started making me do the thinking like what what is going on and after i started doing that i i didn't I, you wouldn't hear me say those words anymore because now i knew it was something i could control i had to talk to you know do that talking to it talk at it and then don't just put it on and wear it like i don't know i'm just like anxiety i don't know what it is <laughs> mm-hmm. So when I that, I was just like, I really realized even more how powerful my mind was. I was like, yo, this is why they do what they do to us, because they don't want us to know that we are in control. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Indeed, and we are, you know, and, and I just want to say real quick, I know we got to close it up, um, um, but the story of disconnection, since I've described the story of, of connection and the story of protection, the story of disconnection is our free state. It's our play possum our state of that's the uh, immobilization state. And that's when you receive a threat to be, uh, you can't escape a threat and the threat overwhelms you. So the bears on top of you in that state, your body uh, then conserves energy and shuts down and allows you to disconnect from life. So for those of us who feel that life just consumes us and there's no way to get away, oftentimes um, those individuals will feel um, um, numbness in the body and that's literally because they're in that story of disconnection where they sort of kind of they hear, but they're not really here, you know? And so understand what story you're in and understand that you don't have to stay in that story, that you can change that narrative and move back up to the story of connection and heal. Right here on Anchor, you can create your own podcast. They give you all the tools that you need for free. They will distribute your podcast to many platforms. I've been on Anchor for a few years now, and I love it because I can edit, add music, and just use as much creativity as I want. I can format it. Everything that you need is right here, but I'm going to need you to do something for me because I want to hear your podcast. So I'm going to need you to go over to anchor.fm or just download the app right off of Google Play Store. But the important part is, is that you have a great time and you create a podcast that can change the world or somebody's life. Or you can just make people laugh. That's a good time too. Or just inform people. But either way it goes, it's your voice, your creativity, your show, and you can do it. So go on over to Google Play Store and get Anchor. Mm. 
powerful, powerful. I love it. I love it. This is like life. Like this is this is life. When I say mm. the word life, I can feel the breath. Like I feel it. You know, this is like this isn't life. Like getting up every day, going to work, trying to figure it out. But life to truly live is to where it's like you just your body just it's like a whole experience. Like I'm feeling it now. Actually, you know, I could never explain it to anybody. Mm-hmm. You probably you, you get it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, it's freaking amazing. Um. But okay, so everyone, we're gonna because this can go on forever, but we're gonna invite Harry back. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely first one on the list. <laughs> I appreciate you. Yes, I appreciate you too, Harry. Could you so um if anyone wants to find your podcast, uh, you know, follow you, get in t- contact with you, do you have any links that you would like to leave us? Yes. Um you can go to becomeanoutlier.com slash links. Uh, outlier is O-U-T-L-I-E-R and that's become an A-N. So become an outlier.com slash links L-I-N-K-S and that pretty much has the the list of things that I'm doing including a free meditation and uh, the free shadow work handout where you can choose the red or blue pill like my sister did. Also um, uh, check me out on Instagram, the Nocturnal Therapist. Also check out the YouTube channel uh, the nocturnal therapist. Um, and I'm on LinkedIn as well. Um, uh, school of outliers. So check me out there as well. Or the nocturnal therapist. I think I'm, I may have changed to the nocturnal therapist there as well. Um, but just check me out now the school of outliers or nocturnal. But if you go to becomingoutlier.com, there's links at the bottom of my website that you can click on and go to my Instagram, Facebook. Oh yeah. There's a Facebook as well. So you can click on all those. If you go to the website. Okay. Oh, and get some meditation in your life. If you're looking for some meditation, please, please subscribe to my meditation app. You know, um, it's it's uh, seven seventy seven a month. You know, I think yeah, seven seventy seven a month. Uh, so you know, if you want to get some more meditation in your life, there's a lot of meditations out there, and a lot of free meditations out there as well. You know, so I I don't want by all means, uh, you know, uh, you know, say my my meditations are superior or this or that. No, it's just, it ain't about that. You know, it's just. Whoever you choose to listen to, whoever you choose to listen to, I just so happen to have a subscription. So if you would like to listen to me, give you uh, provide or guide you through meditations, then go to my site and please subscribe. Okay, I definitely will. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, we do. You are so amazing, and thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing this. You know, because especially in times right now, people need need this we need to people need to hear that it's going to be okay that they're okay and not told you know that they're not okay and that they need to listen to x y and z tell them where to how to live where to live it and who you are we need to know that we're going to be okay we just have to you know be willing Mm -hmm. yes yes Look, you are you that's truer than true. No one in the world can be you than you. That's Dr. Seuss. And so know that you being the original, you being the only version of you, there's nothing to compare you to. If you look it up uh, in science, you can only compare two things if they are exactly the same. And since not even twins or triplets or quadruplets don't even have the same fingerprints, that means you were born an original. So all this comparing that you're doing to what they have or what they say or what you don't have, but this or that or how they look or how you look, or 
it is a false comparison. It is false evidence appearing real. And it is at the source of your fear and your shame. Free yourself from what you've inherited, those fear-rooted beliefs and limiting beliefs about yourself, and embrace your truth. Move back to what is inherent to you, and then you'll understand what it is to truly live unapologetically authentic. Then you'll understand what it is to experience true personal liberation. Then you'll understand what it is to transmute, transform, and transcend through your story. Amen, amen. Yes, yes, yes. I'm just like, oh, I'm just so overwhelmed. Like, but, but, but it's good overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're full. You're full. Yes, yes. I was like so excited that words are, are not going to make sense to them. So I guess I shouldn't listen to you. But I do appreciate you. And you are always welcome here. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having me. It's such a, a privilege to be on this stage and to be, to be, to be seen. Because I, I feel really seen here. And it's like you said, it's when you're walking this journey, it, it really is oftentimes a very uh, a journey of solitude, uh, usually. Um, and we meet up with other people and sometimes we're called to lead certain things, certain movements, certain groups, certain tribes. But for the most part, you spend a lot of time in solitude. And so to actually be seen by someone that... Um, that that does my heart good. And so I appreciate the love. I appreciate you sharing the stage and I appreciate you inviting me in. Mad love and respect always. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Mm. Well, there, there we have it, huh? There we have <laughs> well, guys, it. this is the great Harry Turner and thank you for tuning in and there'll be more to come. You guys have a blessed day and peace out. Voices of Courage to me is a place where voices are lifted. They matter. In this world today, voices have been somehow stripped, hushed. People don't speak. Fear of what may be taken from them or happen. And that right there is obviously inhumane because we are born here in this world. No one, and how does someone strip your truth, your voice away just because that says a lot. It says it holds a volume and I don't understand how how anyone can sit by and just live by that. Just live by it and be ran by what? Just things? Money? What about you? What about your integrity? What about who you are as a person? As Malcolm X said, If you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. But hey, what do I know? Just human. A little bit of humanity here, you know? Respect. Empathy. All of what many aren't. Who are you? Who are we as a collective? 